0: Hi, everyone. I'm Kara Scott, and welcome to The Heart of Poker, sponsored by A Today Poker, a podcast that wants to make us fall in love with our favorite poker players. I use a pared down, slightly modified selection of the questions drawn up by a team of psychologists over 25 years ago for an experiment where they wanted to see if they could shortcut intimacy in strangers by having them ask each other these questions in order to get them to fall in love. Now, I love this idea, and I've always been fascinated by people's stories, especially poker people. So, my guest this time is Andy. Andrew Nimi, popular vlogger with almost 150,000 subs on YouTube, of course, professional poker player. He's been letting people watch his progress, his thought processes, and his life for the past four years through his beautifully shot and interesting videos. He and his friend Brad Owen as well have made their super popular poker meetup games a big part of the social side of poker, at least, you know, before the virus. Um, So uh, Andrew, thanks so much for joining me. And I guess the first question is really going to be, how has your life changed in 2020 with the global situation the way that it is?
1: Sure. Uh, First of all, I think I need to hire you to uh, get that intro (laughs) and anything anything I do, maybe all my vlogs, because that was fantastic. (laughs) But yeah, it's been quite a drastic change. Uh, Mm. We went from uh, pretty nonstop on this uh, this meetup game adventure uh, all over the country and even uh, an international stop um, to absolutely nothing at all. So... Uh, Yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of disappointing to lose that momentum. Um, I will say though that it's, it's nice to uh, have a forced sort of break because Mm. it was, it was pretty nonstop and uh, uh, maybe even approaching burnout. I don't know if, I don't know if we got Mm. there, but um, definitely some considerations. Um, So if there's, if there's ever a silver lining, it's, it's for sure just being able to spend uh, a lot more time uh, at home with, uh, Mm. with my partner.
0: Right. So that's probably one of the things that, I mean, I, I kind of ask everyone this question. It's a terrible situation. And for a lot of people, they've lost people and, you know, they've lost their health or th- these things are, are not good, but it's a global situation and trying to find some ways to have positives come out of it on the other end, because otherwise it feels a little bit wasted to me, all of that. You know all of the upheaval in people's lives and all of the loss. So, in terms of that, have you learned anything through this? Have you kind of picked up any habits that you want to carry forward? Are there any sort of realizations that have come through it?
1: I think I think it's just a, a matter of of being as present as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been the biggest lesson, and that's been. Um, Again, sort of just like forced upon us in a way to just kind of like be in the moment, and you know, especially especially earlier on in uh, in around April or so when when the lockdowns were the most strict and people were not doing any sort of uh, social gatherings, um, it's it seemed like all you could really do was was just be be in the moment and just think mm-hmm. about the now, and uh, and and not be able to make plans or, or or book events and things like that. All you could do is just just sort of exist in the moment and mm-hmm. I, I sort of like, you know, enjoyed that uh, again. It's under the not the not the greatest circumstances, but mm-hmm. it's, it's good to just to just do that and, and not have so many things on the calendar that you uh, that your mind is uh, obsessed with.
0: Yeah, it definitely isn't a problem <laughs> right now. This moment is, has lasted a really long time, That living in the moment. And I completely agree with you. Um, there are a lot of really positives that have come out of this. I've spent literally every day, pretty much almost every waking moment uh, with my daughter, <laughs> who is two and a half now. And okay. so that for her is like enormous, Like she gets her parents uh, and the full attention. She doesn't get anyone else, which I guess is the downside. So, you know, upsides and downsides. Um, But we do get pretty personal in this podcast. So being a vlogger, you're, you know, you're used to putting a lot of information out there. But do you ever get nervous about revealing the more personal stuff?
1: Um, I guess, uh, not so much. I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, at least on my recordings, this is a little bit different because this is your recording, but I (laughs) have, I have the access to the edit button and the delete button. And and at the end of the day, I decide what's, what's put out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think there is, there is, you know, some, some sort of, uh, um, a line where I'll I'll draw it, and it's you know I'm not going to necessarily reveal every single thing about my personal life, but um, yeah, it's just nice to just sort of like you know put yourself out there and mm-hmm. uh, connect with people and be relatable and uh, you know talk about things that that you go through uh, as a poker player and as a person, and other people can can learn from that and take something away with it, and you can have discussions about it, and so yeah I don't know I don't know if I necessarily i mean you definitely as a poker player you're you're gonna you're gonna look foolish from time to time and there's <laughs> there's there's the upload there's the occasional uploads where it's like oh man I'm really just gonna get roasted here with these these poker <laughs> players these poker hands that, that did not go my way um but uh at the end of the, at the end of the day that's that's life and and yeah. life is uh is is full of moments like that
0: That's true. And it's kind of refreshing, I think, to see so many more people being maybe less polished on social media, media, like in a way where, you know, when things are hard, they're saying so. This whole thing has been difficult in so many ways for all of us. And I do find it refreshing, actually, to be able to say, oh, I guess, you know, the Instagram life that I thought this person had isn't always that way. And I don't know, like you say, it's it's relatable and it helps uh, people feel connected, I think, to other people to know that like, oh, I kind of thought you had it all together, but you're struggling too. And that it's kind of OK then right. if, if other people are struggling too, you're like, oh, well, then it's, it is normal. I can't actually give myself a break and say, oh, well. You know, maybe, maybe this is just totally normal, and and we need to learn how to live with I don't know disappointment, uh, tough things as well. So
1: for sure, and I, mean, I yeah. think everyone's I think everyone's messed up in some way. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced
0: there. of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, there's always there's always something going on, uh, myself included. So huh. yeah, I think I think as time goes on, people sort of realize that like I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they do. Hopefully they realize that more and more, and then people put that sort of thing out there. And yeah. people can gravitate to that as well as uh you know the the perfect shiny stuff. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that continues to be the trend.
0: I hope so. Um okay, we're going to start with some of the official questions. Now there's three sets of questions that get progressively more uh, personal as we go through. The first one the, uh, the original question was, "Would you like to be famous and in what way?" But I mean, that you're already such a well-known face and name in our industry. So maybe tell me what it was like becoming so well-known like the moment where things kind of changed and and you really became that recognizable
1: yeah I can still remember the uh the first time I was at the Bellagio and uh a woman a middle-aged woman came up to me uh tapped me on the shoulder and just said really enjoyed that blog Uh, for that that was the first time it happened like in person uh and not like YouTube comments so that was that was really cool. I texted I texted Boosie immediately after that <laughs> happened. And I was like, somebody just came up to me and said they liked the video, um, so that was really cool. It's uh, you know super encouraging that you know you put something out there and someone enjoys it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's cool. But like the fame thing in poker, it's uh, it's a pretty ideal level because mm-hmm. you know it it, it mostly um, it. it causes interactions in, in casinos and poker rooms for the most part. Occasionally, we uh, do run into somebody outside of uh, the casino. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty contained into that yeah. atmosphere. So it's it's also like, escapable, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it is. It, it It's like the perfect, most ideal level of it. When I think about the World Series, um, sort of the earlier years that I was going and playing as well. And I remember seeing some of the really big names having to kind of duck out the back to like avoid having to sign a million autographs on the way to the toilet or or whatever. And thinking, wow, yeah, that would, you know, that that is actually kind of a difficult thing. If you've only got 15 minutes, and you really need to go to the restroom, you're not going to want to, you know, take pictures with everyone, but you don't want to look like a jerk either. So yeah, I think poker fame is probably the ideal level um okay next question what is the last tv series that you binged or are binging and if you're watching a show with someone how big a sin is it to watch ahead and not tell them
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh for me i honestly don't watch a ton of uh of of tv or series but breaking Hmm. bad it was definitely uh my favorite and probably the last one that i watched um yeah i i do think it's a pretty big sin But it still happens in this household for some reason, even though I've, uh, she does.
0: Oh, she she just can't help it.
1: Cause I'll be, you know, I'll be out on some, I'll be out playing poker for eight hours and then I have to edit for another 10 hours after that. And she just can't wait. So, (laughs) I mean, I guess I forgive her. So I don't know if it's like, I don't, I I say it's a sin, but I guess I forgive her pretty quickly as well.
0: Yeah. Well, when was the last time that you sang either to yourself or to someone else?
1: Uh, That's pretty funny like I I feel like I used to listen to music with more vocals or something and I feel like lately I've gotten more into electronic music and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so it's more it's more of like that uh, groovy trip-hop type stuff or or what have you so I feel like the music I'm listening (laughs) to isn't really sing-alongable so it's probably been a little while.
0: Okay Uh, for what in life do you feel the most grateful?
1: Uh, good question. Pretty tough call. Pretty close call between my health. I've definitely been very lucky with health. Uh, mm-hmm. I have I have mediocre eyesight, but aside from that, I've been pretty blessed. <laughs> um, or just uh, having a pretty ideal childhood. Um, pretty lucky to just you know grow up middle class in America mm-hmm. and with you know both my parents there for the, the entirety of of that uh, childhood. So. Mm-hmm. One of those. Yeah, it's a
0: huge bonus, really. Yeah. Yeah, and um, just like
1: surrounded by friends and and just mm-hmm. uh, no uh, no no terrible uh, upbringing memories. So that's that's <laughs> definitely one one of those is definitely the answer.
0: That's really nice. Okay, well, one of these questions uh, following on from that, if there if you could change anything about the way that you were raised, what would it be?
1: Uh, also, a good question. I think it would be. Um, for maybe if my parents, I think so. My parents always wanted me to do something that was like traditional, uh, mm. well-paying doctor lawyer type of a thing mm-hmm. and just do well in school and it'll naturally lead to something like that. Um, so I think if they maybe like push the, uh, the entrepreneurship, the grind, uh, the, the education outside of the school system and more like real life education in that fashion, I think uh, I think I would, I I would nudge them in that direction.
0: Hmm. That's really funny. Um, growing up, my parents were very uh, like quite bohemian in a lot of ways, and I went into teaching and I got married super young, like basically right out of high school. And I had a very, um, like very square box life as you know at that age. And I think it was such a disappointment to them, and they would never say that because they you know they wanted me to be happy, kind of beyond anything else. They wanted me to be happy, but when I kind of quit teaching, and I discovered television and film work, and I went into producing, and and kind of dabbled terribly in acting, and then ended up in poker. I think it was like such a joy and a relief for them. They were like, "Oh, thank goodness she's one of us!" Oh my goodness, because you know, my <laughs> they're artists. My parents are artists and builders, and and just yeah. So it is kind of funny. They they liked they like us to kind of follow in their footsteps. I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny. I think, well, I think it's, uh, I think it's the opposite because my parents were, um, they, they didn't have any, they didn't have one of these serious jobs. Like my dad, uh-huh. my dad works for like, uh, uh like an arcade game arcade games company and wow. at the airlines. And, um, so, you know, I think they wanted sort of, uh, the opposite. And then mm-hmm. when, um, but the thing is that like they, they, would alf- they would often say the same thing, you know, we just want you to be happy. So like <laughs> when, I, when I went into poker, I'm sure they had some, some silent reservations, um, but uh, no like no, no real grievances and right. uh, it, it all worked out in the end, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Next question is, and it's kind of an interesting one. I want to hear your thoughts behind it as well. So if you're able to live to the age of 90 and keep either the mind or the body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life, which one would you want?
1: Okay. Read that again. One more time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a complicated one. Okay. So you can live to the age of 90 and you can keep either the mind or the body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life. Which one do you pick?
1: Yeah, that's tough, but I guess, I guess the mind, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it sort of depends on like what sort of mind situation it would be if you with the body, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, yeah. are, you, are you sort of like blissfully ignorant, uh, to <laughs> like how bad it's gotten or, mm. or are you just like confused? But if it's, you know, if it's the latter confusion, uh, that sort of a thing, then I, Think I'd have to go with the mind and just and just sort of be okay with uh, mm-hmm. with the but
0: things falling apart.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because no, they do as you get older. They just do.
1: <laughs> no body shaming around here. We'll, we'll go that way.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> you got to just embrace it. This is something I've realized. My eyes got so much worse over the quarantine. And I finally got to go see an, an eye doctor uh, when we got away because I was staying on a farm for six or seven months. And I finally got to see an eye doctor. And they were like, oh my gosh, your eyes have gotten so much worse. And I was like, I know. And they're like, wait a minute, how old are you? I said, I'm 45. Oh, well that's, yeah, that just happens at this age. It's like, just give me my glasses <laughs> because, I mean, I know it happens. You just don't kind of want it, your nose rubbed in it. So, yeah, right. everything kind of falls apart. Um, <clears throat> all right, one more question. Uh, what would be your special skill uh, that would make you a valuable team member in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
1: Uh, Boosie likes to tell me that I'm not really that much of a, of a physical, uh, exertion (laughs) type person. I just went mountain biking for the first time ever on,
0: uh, uh, last,
1: last week. And it was like the most, the most deathly exhausting thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) So let's go. I mean, special skill. Yeah. I mean, I have to assume that it's something that's going to be more analytical and, and calm and like rational plan, uh, Mm. solving. So yeah, I think like, I think I, I sort of take in the, in, in my relationship, I sort of take the, uh, the, the laid back role and, Mm. uh, like the the more energetic, um, more energetic one. So I think I would have to be like the, uh, the plan maker and the one who tells people not to panic.
0: Right. And she would have the machete (laughs) because someone's got to have a machete. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. All right. Second set of questions now. Is there something that you've dreamed about doing for a long time and haven't yet done? And why? Why haven't you done
1: it? Dream for doing dreamed of doing for a long time. Um hmm.
0: it's funny because most poker players, when I ask them this question, they are you know, right where they kind of wanted to be in their life. So they have bucket list items that maybe they haven't done yet. But in terms of like, there's this career that they never pursued and they stayed in accounting or something, you know, Um, most poker players are like, no, I, you know, I I went into poker and that was kind of what I wanted to do. So I'm always curious to hear if someone else has something else out there that kind of sparked your interest that you wanted to do, but didn't do.
1: Yeah. For a long time, I wanted to open up a bar. I wanted to have Mm. my own bar. Um. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why haven't I pursued that? I mean, I, there is a lot of that sort of aspect that you just talked about where I'm pretty happy with where I am now. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't always the case though. Like before I started making the videos, I think, you know, when, when I think, I think when someone starts a project like that, there's probably some level of unhappiness with where, with what they're up to, because it's such a, it's such a time uh, sink that, in order to take that much time away from what they're up to, there's got to be some sort of level of maybe discomfort or unhappiness with what mm. they're doing um so but but for right now, it's i'm yeah like you said, I'm pretty happy to be in this moment and on this grind and creating this content and seeing where that goes um I don't necessarily need to push it in any one direction um drastically, mm-hmm. but I do think it'll i do think it'll somewhat veer off from just poker hands which Mm -hmm. is kind of like the anchor of these videos but yeah i don't know if that if that path off of this one will end up into you know like eventually running a bar which was for a long time a dream of mine i just Mm -hmm. feel like since i don't have any experience with that sort of thing it's tough to (laughs) get there and start doing that um but i guess if i if i could like find the right partners who are also in the uh, uh, the right place to take someone on like me a guy who has a blog but no experience um, <laughs> maybe we could work something out
0: you'd have to have a really good like poker pun name something it's great you know i mean
1: yeah so the uh the meetup games the acronym is m-u-g-s so mugs yeah. is a pretty, oh, right. a pretty natural one into the bar
0: that actually is yeah that'd be perfect Huh. Well, going back to when you started the project, you said that, you know, there has to be kind of a certain level of discomfort or some or dissatisfaction. What do you think it was for you? Was it uh, in poker? Like what about it was kind of, I don't know, giving you the aggravation to start this project?
1: Yeah, I think people who start uh, a video series where especially they are doing so much of the work themselves, all the all the editing and, you know, placing music on it and all that stuff you know trying to find somewhat artistic shots for the viewer to enjoy mm. i think a lot of it i think i think the case is probably that that person has this creative side to them and if it's uh if it's a poker player who takes up poker vlogging then i would have to assume that they're just not seeing a whole lot of creative expression in uh, in a game mm. that is moving towards this gto thing <laughs> You know, so right. I think I think that's what it is. I think it's just maybe lacking a little bit of creativity, or maybe mm. um, just like having some sort of a, a finished product at the end of your work day or work week, rather mm. than just the uh, the uptick and downtick in your in your bankroll.
0: Okay, uh, you talked about uh, music kind of lately being less lyrics and more kind of electronic music. So going back even farther. I want to know what role music plays in your life. Is there a band, an act, a DJ that you've seen live more than once? Is you know, is it something that you listen to while you're working, or you know, what kind of role does it play for you?
1: Yeah, originally uh, for a long time it played a huge role. So I was uh, my my buddies and I we had a band. We were terrible, but we had a band. <laughs> uh, I was a drummer and practice practiced in my parents' basement. I'm sure they hated that, but at least we were, <laughs> at, least we were at home and hanging out. Um, so that, uh, sort of, um, that led to eventually trying to pursue a career in the music industry. So I was working for a music promotion company in London, uh, right out of college and then pursued that in Los Angeles. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, just kind of maybe got a little jaded on the industry and also simultaneously found poker. And then, you know, one thing leads to another and suddenly you're a professional poker player, uh, especially, especially in the, you know, 2007 era where poker is a lot easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all over <laughs> television and et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, so music has always kind of like been there. And, uh, as far as like the, the video creation, it's, it's one of the most satisfying things of making a video is finding a, a music track that a, fits the the scene just like perfectly fits the vibe perfectly and mm. b you won't get copyrighted for it. so <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's uh, a mission in itself so if you can find something that lines up like that it's for sure one of the most <laughs> satis- satisfying parts of the creation process
0: huh. okay um what is one of your most treasured memories that you're willing to share with us
1: These are deep questions, Kara. This is getting. I know
0: it's getting deeper and deeper too. So brace yourself.
1: Oh man. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. One of my most treasured memories. Um. I think. uh, I mean, I think meeting meeting my fiance was just. It was. It was pretty fun. You know, it's just kind of like, just so like the odds of it all were just so had to have been so low, you know, a girl from South Africa meets, meets guy from Michigan in Las Vegas, and, <laughs> uh, just sort of like the, yeah, the randomness of it. And it's, it's just sort of like clicking, uh, when, uh, like when we first met, like pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. that's definitely, definitely, uh, got to be top of the list.
0: Huh. So not set up by friends, you just kind of bumped into each other.
1: Yeah, it was like um, we were at a party, um, a small party with mutual friends, uh, a friend, a girl that she had met at a concert. The Roots were playing in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock, huh. and she was supposed to go with her sister. Her sister backed out, so she went alone and made a friend at the concert. That friend was friends with a girl that I went to high school with. Oh, wow. Uh, the That girl hosted like a small gathering at her place. And, uh, I met her there,
0: man. So yeah, pretty random, like
1: super, super low odds of all this happening. Huh?
0: Wow. So was it like love at first sight or
1: it was like, uh, it was definitely like, it was definitely intriguing. I mean, it was, Uh the thing is that I wasn't really on the lookout. I wasn't like trying to, trying to, trying to, you know, find find someone at this time, because like this was, uh. This is my first year. Um, towards the end of my first year in Vegas, but still, like pretty focused on just playing poker for the most part, mm-hmm. and uh, occasionally like enjoying the city and probably enjoying the city too much, and not really <laughs> like do, not really like finding all that much success in poker yet. Um, right. So you know, I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was in the best spot to be devoting a lot of time to a relationship. But <laughs> she was like, just she was too intriguing. You know, so it was, uh, it was, it was too difficult to not uh, give that, give attention to, to something like that.
0: Hmm. And you, you're engaged now? Yes. Nice. Do you guys have plans for a date or is that just whenever it happens? Uh, We
1: we had a bunch of plans and then, and then came Corona and that's, that's, yeah, that happened.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's disappointing having to adjust like that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but like I said, I mean, there's where everyone has their health and, and things like that, of so it's, it's not something that uh, is really going to be cried about for, for too long.
0: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay, the last question in this second set is, what does friendship mean to you? What do you value most in a friendship?
1: Um, I think just the, uh, I think mainly like the openness of communication. Um, so I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say like time, uh, devotion. Cause I know that, I know that could be pretty tough. So I don't think like needing to like be there in person or always like being around to go hang out or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more just like the ability to conversate openly about mm-hmm. whatever your mind, um, Especially especially amongst dudes, you know, dudes seem to have trouble communicating a lot of the time just based on right. how how they came up and uh whether their, their dad was open and expressive or or whether he wasn't. And um so I think like having somebody that you can uh chat to openly about whatever's mm-hmm. going on is is pretty key. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. The next one, you've already kind of answered it, but let's go a little bit more in depth. It is how close and warm are your family? And do you feel that you had a happier childhood than most? And I normally don't ask people this question because I feel like if they're not going to say yes, that's just, it just breaks my heart and I don't want to put them on the spot, but you've already said that you had a really happy childhood. So let's go for it. How close and warm are your family?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they, uh, they, they did a good job in terms of mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, sort of like warmness and and lovingness uh, department, uh, there's, there's not gonna be any points to, to take away from them in that regard. Um, so yeah, like we always had dinner together, like every single night, uh, when I was a kid. Um, the, even like my, uh, aunts and uncles lived pretty close. So like, we were like pretty close friends with our cousins and stuff that lived in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. so. All that stuff, we're, we're definitely like very lucky to, uh, to be able to uh, have that aspect of our lives be a positive one.
0: Right. And are they all kind of, a lot of them still in the same area? Do you go back and see them on holidays? Like is it a huge, kind of a big deal when you go back?
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe less so now people spread out uh you know michigan michigan's i don't know if you've ever been to michigan Kara, but it gets no. kind of cold it gets a little yeah. on the cold side so it's like
0: canada then okay
1: <laughs> yeah very it's yeah it's very very uh very much so so, so like you know for a long time yeah christmas was a uh, uh family gathering event but the family's right out now so unfortunately it's not quite uh not quite the good old days but um <laughs> try and stay in communication uh where we can
0: Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Here's another one. If we were going to be close friends, what is something that would be important for me to know about you? Do you have any like deal breakers for personality deal breakers or is there something like that's a core value of yours that would be really important for someone to know?
1: Uh, good question. I don't necessarily think so though. I, You know, for me, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't need, I try not to be real needy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. so I think I'm more interested in uh I guess like adjusting to somebody else's personality and accepting them for who mm-hmm. they are rather than making sure people need to mold themselves to the way I am. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm like more laid back than than some people, but yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't definitely nothing jumps out at me as far as like a deal breaker in terms of our our friendship, as long as like mm-hmm. As long as you're uh, just generally being a good person, I think.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. <laughs> it can and you be. Never yeah. No, <laughs> that's a bit. That's a big ask for some. You know, sometimes. Yeah, so. I think like um, um,
1: people can. I mean, sometimes people are in a spot in their life where they just, for whatever reason, is not a good one, and it leads them to not be the best person. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe they need it's to like. Re-
0: generous way to look at it i just want to interject and say that's a really beautifully generous way to look at it
1: maybe yeah i mean maybe they just need to work on themselves for a while and i mean I'll, mm-hmm. I, i'm there if uh if that's if that's uh something that they want help with but a lot of times mm-hmm. they aren't sometimes they aren't asking for that help and they're just kind of like going about their yeah. their their way uh, about themselves and that's mm-hmm. not really going to work out so well uh if they if they're not going to ask for the help or if they're just going to you know, deny the help when I offer it, um, then it's mm. probably not going to work out.
0: Okay. Um, can you share with me an embarrassing moment in your life?
1: Hmm. Uh, mm. let's see. Embarrassing moment. Um, there was one, there was one time where like, I don't know what, I don't know what I was thinking, but, uh, there was this like this school program that I was a part of and, Um, it it was, it was working to get like necessarily in trouble for not going, but I was kind of supposed to be there at the same time. And I skipped it with Mm -hmm. a friend of mine and yeah, this is super embarrassing, but like we were just like rollerblading around the, uh, the high school where this was, uh, this program was happening. I think I was in middle school actually, but it was at, it was at a high school. I was a little kid. So hanging out with my friend rollerblades and decided Mm -hmm. to like, uh, uh, I don't know what the phrase is, like. You know what, ding door ditch is.
0: Oh yeah. So, so like,
1: <laughs> do, like do that to the 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 classroom where the, the thing that I was skipping oh, was man. going on. I don't know. This is like, yeah, dumb, dumb Andrew like being a little, <laughs> dumb little whippersnapper. Uh, like, and the thing the the really embarrassing part was it that I was that I really enjoyed the teacher. Um, and the. You know, to like disrespect her like that, and the worst part Aww. is, the worst part is that she saw us. She saw us doing this. Oh. <laughs> so like, oh no! Like, oh man, it's funny because, like, I think back about that, and I sort of like, I wonder, like, man, what well, that was? That was really silly. Like, what was I doing? I mean, I'm sure right. I was just like being a kid, like doing silly kid stuff. But I sort of like think about it like now, you know, like I sort of think about myself yeah. doing it now, as if like as if I would do something like that. Uh, a 40 year old Andrew somebody uh, that I was like disrespecting <laughs> at, a, at a place I should have been, I should have been in the first place. So uh, yeah, it's still like embarrassing, but I'm sure uh, one of these days I'll forgive myself for being a kid.
0: Oh yeah. Seriously. It's weird how sometimes those moments really stick with us. Cause I have some of those as well. And I'm like, I mean, whatever, 14 year old Kara did some dumb things in a really small town where if you do anything dumb, everybody knows about it. And like, yeah, it's weird because there are little things, especially ones where it feels like I've disrespected someone um and they kind of realized it. That sticks with me too. I don't know. Those kind of like have little hooks that stay there for some reason. So
1: Is this why you've had to move know. around so much in life because you did something embarrassing? Seriously.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not good with actually like following through with anything or making amends. I just leave. It's just so leave. much easier. Uh, fair yeah, enough. It's so much easier. Clean break. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I have so many passports and and a really, really messy tax history. So. <laughs> hmm,
1: sounds complicated. Yeah,
0: it's a little complicated. Um, okay, another one, a little more personal as well. When did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself?
1: Yeah, this one's actually pretty easy uh, because my fiance, she planned uh, an amazing... Fortieth birthday surprise party for me this year, mm. and uh, luckily we got to sneak that in before all of the uh, corona stuff happened. That was in January. Good. Yeah. Um. So it was amazing. Yeah, it was like very much uh, unexpected in terms of like the number of people that came from all over the country. Uh, uh. She she coordinated like with, with my with my brothers, and they were there. I totally wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, just people came from all over the place. So that was a little overwhelming, uh, cried in front of people, which was fine Aww. because, uh, it was, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. Was there anyone in particular who were like, I cannot believe you made it anyone like childhood friend or something?
1: Um, it was just like, it was the combination of people that were all there in the, in the same room at the same time, because a lot of the, yeah. a lot of, I guess my friends, um, you know, we're friends with them individually, but they don't really know each other. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, you know, one couple lives in Texas, another lives in California. So just to see people like from all these different directions, all in the same room, and then to, to have my brothers there as well—that you know, I had no no idea that I was going to be seeing them uh, that weekend. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just uh, amazing to see all those people there in the same room.
0: That's such a nice gift, really. That kind of surprise is something you kind of carry with you for a really long time, I think.
1: Yeah, I told her she's, uh, you know, as far as like birthdays go, for at least 10 years, um, she's she's good. You know, <laughs> she's no worries on no plans or, or gifts or anything like that. She's nice. She's good.
0: Huh. Okay. Um, a little bit darker on this one. Have you ever been genuinely terrified?
1: Hmm. Um, You'd be
0: surprised by how many people that I've interviewed have told me they've been held at gunpoint. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. I'm not saying you have.
1: Yeah, but I'm like, trying to think. Of I a, guess
0: poker players. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to think of a time where I thought it was reasonably high probability of death, and mm-hmm. I don't really think so. I mean, maybe like as a kid when there was like tornado warnings and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. in the in the Midwest. I think that has to be probably the peak of that type of a fear. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like since then, it's, you know, you've been in like being like some ske- some sketchy situations and stuff. But I mean, when we were kids in high school, we would, we would go to Detroit to buy alcohol and that probably wasn't the safest play <laughs> some of the time. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. We were just in a hurricane in uh, in Mexico, but it was only a Category 3. So that, that mm-hmm. never got the adrenaline too high. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I feel like not since I was a kid, afraid of uh, scary tornadoes. But what's funny is that I still like if things are – if I'm in like a rough patch or whatever, like uh, like if poker is going really bad. Um, mm-hmm. this, this hasn't happened for a little while. But when, when – uh, like I would be playing like 2-5 um, for a living and just in a a downswing and i would have dreams about being in a car driving a car and there's a there's a tornado nearby and Hmm. i would like be basically like standing on the brake pedal and the car just like wouldn't stop it would just like keep getting (laughs) closer towards the tornado and it's such a metaphor for like trying to stop the poker downswing with like all you know all your effort and it's just not working out so it's definitely it has to be if that's like the 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 nightmare (laughs) that subconsciously (laughs) hits me it has to be the tornado situation when i was a kid
0: huh yeah do you have any other like recurring nightmares that that really stand out to you because i I think that really does point a lot of fear of different kinds for me as well
1: um yeah i don't think so Um, maybe like Mm -hmm. i think i think a lot of people have something um you know, I've definitely had dreams where, like, my teeth are falling out or something like that.
0: Oh, I hate those. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like yeah. you're something and all your teeth are just like, oh. crumble. Um, yeah. So I feel like I've had that. But uh, as far as the recurring, the tornado one definitely stands out.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about?
1: Uh, it's kind of funny because... so my fiance is from South Africa. She's, she's black. And so she will take some liberties in, you know, like, uh, like racial jokes that mm-hmm. I would just would never, fire, no. never fire away at. And it's just funny. Cause like, she'll say something. And I'm like, oh man. Uh, <laughs> and she like, she gets a kick out of it. Like seeing my reaction, I think to some, some degree. <laughs> um, but so I guess, yeah, I guess something along those lines. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've had a lot of people say that they think nothing should be held so sacred that you can't joke about it. But I, I'm i a firm believer that it depends on who's doing the joking. Like you say, like if it's coming from a place of ownership rather than a place of power yep. or like, yeah, is, you know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think obviously we should be able to joke about anything that's in our own lives as yeah because we have ownership of it but yeah if it becomes something that is used to like not just discriminate but to ridicule other things I don't know for me that's just that's a no not that they should be arrested or whatever obviously I just think that we should have our own internal compass telling us that's not a good thing (laughs) like punching up and punching down is they're two very different things
1: sure well said Kara.
0: yeah well, thank you very much. Um here we go. If you were to die this evening, this is a real cheerful question. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone, and why haven't you told them yet
1: this is this is like this this is and always will be the deepest poker podcast that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love this. I really do. I just love getting to know people on this level.
1: So what will I regret not having told somebody?
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you've been holding back that you haven't said?
1: Hmm. I mean, I don't think there's, there's probably nothing comes to mind for any one person in particular, but I think, Mm -hmm. I think that I would probably regret just not telling everybody like, just like how great of a person they are and like, Mm -hmm. um, just like how much they're their being in my life, uh, has been, um, beneficial and like positive mm-hmm. on my life. So yeah, just, if it's like friends or family, you know, I don't think there's not necessarily any one person that, um, I need to focus that on is probably everybody mm-hmm. that I need to focus that on. So, <laughs> so I probably like, just like need to do that more often to more people. Hmm.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. I think, um, yeah. Letting people know what they mean to us while well, we still have them. is is really really important in my mind as well.
1: Yeah, and just like yeah. just like vocalizing it, you know, because like you know, spending time with someone, you know, your your time is is always valuable, and you sort mm-hmm. of assume that like you being with them, they'll get it. Right. But like just putting it into yeah. words, I think, makes a huge difference.
0: I think it really does. Um, yeah, I think my, in my family, we've always been very reticent uh, to say these things, and in the last, I don't even know. 10 years, 15 years, um, we've just been a lot better at saying it, you know, whether it's on the phone or in an email or, or whatever, because we don't get to see each other very often. Um, and it, it does make a really big difference. And we used to make, not make fun, but we used to joke about how there were like members of the extended family who kind of ended every conversation with love ya <laughs> and, you know, how much it annoyed us. And and now we're just, I think, all really trying to, to say I love you when we finish. And it, I don't know, it means a lot to me for sure. And, and I'm really glad for the closeness with my family and that. So yeah, I think extending that to people is, is it's a, it's a relationship changer. It really does change things, even if it's a very simple thing.
1: Have any of your podcasts, have any of your podcast guests started crying yet?
0: <laughs> well, I can't see, I, I should really have video so I can see. <laughs>
1: right. Really make it tough on them.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, I this is funny because I used to have a producer, uh, for poker, and I'd have him in my ear talking to me while I was interviewing people. And every once in a while, he'd be like, "If you push harder, you can make them cry." I was oh, like, "Turn it." <laughs> I, I'm not trying to make people cry, but it makes great television. Exactly, that's so. a good producer. I know I was never very good at looking like eye on the prize that way. I just didn't want them to feel sad on, you know, (laughs) on TV, um, or, you know, cry because they're happy, of course, obviously. Um, all right. One last question. So your house containing everything that you own catches fire after saving your loved ones and your pets, you have time to make one final dash safely to save any one item. What would it be and why?
1: Um, So I'm actually like, I'm, I'm really not, um, I don't know. I I don't think I'm very like, uh, either sentimental about objects or, Mm. um, uh, what's the word? Materialistic, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So it would be something out of like total convenience, which would either be my phone or my laptop. Yeah. Um, to just make sure I have everyone's numbers and have all the, all the, uh, the work stuff that I need and and whatever, (laughs) even though it's like, (laughs) even though like none of that stuff would really matter. I'm sure life would be perfectly fine. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think like I used to maybe like hang on to stuff a little bit too long, um, whether that's like clothes that I don't even wear anymore um, Mm -hmm. or just like random stuff, like books that I'm never going to read again uh, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I try not to have too much stuff these days. So I don't know if there's any like mm-hmm. any one thing, any one sentimental thing. It's more just like I'm more of the uh, experiences kind of person. Take the experiences with me. Um, there's like these, uh, you know, these these GPI awards. You know, I got these trophies and stuff, yeah, which is yeah. awesome. But uh, I don't need the actual trophy itself. You know, it's more about right. like, the... Uh, the the process and the content itself and all that stuff and YouTube YouTube's not going to burn down if my house burns down
0: yeah that's a good point all the still it's all there. still there
1: <laughs> so it's
0: not like it's all on VHS right now so it's fine there
1: you go so, so yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as I got my phone I'm good to go mm-hmm.
0: well as experiences go I hope this one wasn't too weird um and yeah. something that you know because I've enjoyed it I really enjoy Kind of you, kind of going through and digging for the for these answers for me. So thank you.
1: Made me sweat a little bit, but uh, good. <laughs> it, it's good though. it feels like therapy. I feel like I can got got some things out, and I can go uh, conquer the day.
0: Nice. I'll send you my bill. It's not cheap. <laughs> uh, well, for those of you right on the edge of falling in love with Andrew, the end of this experiment actually calls for the participants to engage in silent eye contact for a really long time, for like three to five minutes. But luckily for you this is a podcast it's audio only but you can go over to his youtube account and gaze at him to your heart's content all of his content is there um andrew thanks a lot for coming on and being game to answer some pretty personal questions
1: you are you're such a professional at this it's amazing good job thanks thanks for having me
0: oh thanks i'm blushing um everyone else thank you so much for listening i hope you've seen a side of andrew that you did not have access to before i'm kara scott and this is the heart of poker i'll see you next time